we can't connect with why our husbands can just so readily do this stuff. It just doesn't make any sense. Just stop it. It is an addiction. It's called addiction for a reason. And you don't just stop something when you're addicted to it. A drug addict doesn't just stop. But I needed to realize that he was in the battle of his life, that he really did want to be free. And that's what a lot of women don't understand. Why won't he just stop? You can almost hear the exasperation in a wife's voice when she tries to comprehend why her husband would keep on viewing pornography when he knows how much it hurts her. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Purity for Life. In this show, Kathy Gallagher offers needed wisdom to wives who are in the midst of very difficult situations. Plus, when a husband is in sexual sin, he often ignores his place of responsibility in the home, leaving it to his wife to be the spiritual leader. Today we're going to look at what it takes to allow the husband to take his rightful place again after he has truly repented. Thanks for joining us on Purity for Life. If you're a woman whose husband is viewing pornography, have you ever said to yourself, he told me he would stop. Why won't he just stop? This is a very common question. So we asked our co-founder, Kathy Gallagher, to weigh in on this important topic. Kathy, there's a lot of buzz going around on the internet these days about why men watch pornography, why a married man would watch pornography, why guys won't stop, about the science of addiction and a lot of these things. And um, I wonder if it's a question. You can tell me if I'm wrong from your experience. How many women are, are asking the question, why won't he just stop? Just stop it. Is that a common thought? Yeah, I think they all ask it. It's like, why can't you just quit hurting me? Mm-hmm. I think it stems from that. You know, I asked it. It's like, man, what is your problem? Right. You know, what? What? You have a wife. Why do you need this? Yeah. Other people. What is the problem? And yeah, it's a real common question for a wife. And the answer is not necessarily an easy one. I, you know, there's a lot of ways you could go with this. One thing is that it is an addiction. It's called addiction for a reason. Um, and you don't just stop something when you're addicted to it. A drug addict doesn't just stop. An alcoholic doesn't just stop. It's a process. Um, so for a wife, you know, we as women, I would never do something to someone I love that would hurt them knowingly. I would not pursue something that would hurt my family. I just wouldn't. And that's how most women are. Most women are kind of built in with that nurturing, maternal sort of instinct. And we wouldn't hurt someone that we love. So we can't connect with 
why our husbands can just so readily do this stuff. It just doesn't make any sense. Just stop it. Mm-hmm. It's all just quit doing that. Yeah. That's how we think of it. But Yeah, what's wrong with that kind of perception? Nothing, really. It's more right than wrong. I mean, that kind of is natural and normal to just, yeah, quit. If you're hurting someone, quit. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of reveal how, and again, I'll refer to myself, I did not understand the power of pornography and sexual sin, sexual addiction. I didn't get it. And it took me a long time to finally realize that this is what I came to know, that if he could flip a switch, he probably would. I didn't know that in the beginning. In the beginning, I felt attacked, betrayed, rejected, and all of that. But I came to realize through conversations, through just everything that we went through, that he really did want to be free. Mm. He wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand, okay, if you want to be free, then quit doing it. That's Yeah, right. <laughs> if you really want to change, you will change. Right. That's how it felt to you at the beginning. Right. Okay. So, but he's he keeps falling. Yeah. And it's like, we keep starting over again. We go through the cycle and we're starting all over again. And what I came to realize, um, partly through my walk with the Lord, partly through watching my husband try to do the right thing and just starting to kind of come into the reality of the spirit of this age and, and the influence of that, that it wasn't just a matter of quit doing, quit committing bad behavior. Um, There were a lot of things coming at Steve, a lot of things coming at me. Um, I wanted a peaceful home. I wanted a faithful husband. I wanted life to be normal, but I needed to realize that he was in the battle of his life. And that's what a lot of women don't understand. Yeah, I want to pick up on what you were just talking about there, that Steve was really in the fight of his life. He was a sincere man who had a genuine experience of repentance, and he really wanted to be free. But the power of that addiction was so strong in his life that he was fighting a very steep uphill battle. Mm -hmm. So when you started to realize some of the things that you're talking about, how difficult this was for him, how did that help you when, even after that repentance, he would fall? When Steve repented, that was the game changer for me. And it was real. Um, it wasn't, he, Steve wasn't trying to um, convince me or appease me. He had a truly broken heart. Hmm. It was like he, for the first time in his life, saw what he was doing to God. And so that, that was the um, flavor of his repentance. And that just, it helped me enormously um, to see that kind of desire in him yeah. to please God. That, that just really helped me. So when he would fail, yeah, it hurt. It still hurt. It still felt like, man, really? We're going to have to keep doing this? Mm. That was the initial 
that was coming out of me. And then I would just, you know, the Lord, I guess the Lord was just really there to help me navigate my way out of that and just get the focus off of myself and my hurt feelings and the feelings of betrayal. And I just wanted Steve to make it. And I didn't linger long, usually, um, when he would have a failure. The other thing that helped me a lot was his response to his failure. Mm. He was he was devastated. He could, it was almost like it was a brand new experience for him and he was appalled. Yeah. Um, so that helped me. And that just the whole thing that he had to go through to come out of it was helping me to see that this guy is really fighting. Yeah. He's trying to make it. He wants to make it. I want to go back to something that you said about beginning to understand how difficult this was for him. Um, I know in my own life, when I watch someone else struggling with something that I don't understand, it's easy to just kind of look down on them. Mm-hmm. Well, just get it together. Just try harder. Yeah. But then when you go through a battle of your own mm-hmm. that you can't overcome, it can really help to just make you more gracious and humble and understanding inside was there was were there things in your own life that helped you to understand how difficult this was for him yeah um there were never any addictions in my life but i was a christian and i did and said things and that i was appalled at I think just the fact that I had the Holy Spirit living in me and I understood what what I was. I knew I was a sinner. Mm. I understood that. I just got it. From the early from before I was saved, the Holy Spirit was convincing me that I was a sinful person. So I knew that and I knew also this was so powerful for me how much I had been forgiven. It was real. And it was almost like no one taught me this stuff. It was just real to me that how could I not forgive when I had been forgiven so much? And I think I never thought in terms of, well, I would never do that. I mean, there was probably some of that in the early days. Mm -hmm. But mostly what was real to me is what Jesus had done for me. It was very much in my face how much sin Jesus bore on that cross for me, my sin. And so I just, I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't live in the reality of what had been done for me and hold his sin against him. Right. I I didn't see myself as better than Steve. Women, we, our sins are inside. They're in the heart. They're in the mind. And most of us are pretty good at hiding and controlling or um, not letting come out what's inside. Mm. But I always was Mm. very aware of what was inside. It was real to me. Okay. (laughs) I'm hearing what you're saying. And 
I think that it's going to be hard for some women to accept that, that they aren't better than their husband, and that if they really realized that they weren't, it would change the way they think about him. Uh, what is it then that blinds women to that truth? Brace yourself, self-righteousness, because the truth is, it's in Luke 18, the publican and the Pharisee both went down to the temple. One was righteous and thanked God that he wasn't like other people. And the sinner, who wouldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast, crying out, Lord, forgive me, have mercy on me. I am a sinful man. In essence, that's what, that is the spirit that he was in. And that man went home justified. Hmm. And that attitude, which is really, you know, I have a lot of compassion for women because I know what it feels like. Yeah. But as a Christian, now I am always only speaking to Christian women, women yeah. who are professing to be born again. <clears throat> if you have been, there is going to be something inside of you that, yeah, you struggle. Yeah, this hurts a lot. And yeah, there's anger. Yeah, there's emotional turmoil. But at the end of the day, your heart is you understand that you were forgiven much. If your husband is repenting, if he is trying, I believe you are called to work with him. It's so hard for some women, but I'm, I'm just appealing to them to really give give themselves and let God work that miracle in them, in their minds, in their hearts, and in their bodies. We're going to get back to Kathy's interview in a few minutes, but let's change gears briefly. When God made Adam and Eve in his image, he gave them different character qualities and assigned them various responsibilities in the marriage. But sexual sin brings disorder and chaos to the God-given order of things. Husbands ignore their role, leaving wives with the feeling that if she doesn't lead, no one will. So what happens when a husband repents and wants to begin to lead his family spiritually? We've reached back in our archives to share an interview with Pastor Jeff and Rose Cologne that helps address some of the challenges in this situation. Jeff and Rose Cologne have joined us in the studio for our Focus on Couples segment today. We're going to be talking about role reversal. And Jeff, what do you see in a couple that's dealing with this issue? Well, Mike, what we see a lot of times, couples that are coming out, the husband being in sexual sin, the husband isn't being the priest of the home God ordained him to be. A lot of the times the wife's just had to take that role because the husband's been in his sin and not been where he needs to be spiritually. But God has ordained the husband to be the head over his wife. It's clear in scripture, and the husband really has to take it serious. Now, what does that mean? Because I know that there's a lot of confusion and probably a lot of bad counsel going on out there about what it means for the husband to be an authority in the relationship. What is the biblical position on his role? 
Well, what I like to point out to men is that we're to be the head of our wife, just like Christ was the head of his church. That's the pattern we're given, as Christ is of the church and literally gave himself for her. So it really becomes an issue of giving. It becomes an issue of laying our life down for her. It's not the role of a dictator and just lording over them. Jesus led us by washing our feet. He became a servant, even though he is Lord. And, and a husband needs to approach it in the same way, that, that he's to serve his wife spiritually. He's to care for her. He's to be her covering. Rose, what does this look like from the wife's perspective? What we've seen with the wives is that she's been holding the reins while the husband's been in his sin. So she's been kind of the priest of the home. Mm. And once he's gone through our program and the Lord is helping the husband to walk out his repentance, he's learning how to now take that position. And for her, she's got to learn to let go of the reins Mm. and to trust God to lead her husband. A lot of times the wife will say, well, my husband wasn't responsible before, so how do I know he's going to be the priest of the home that God is calling him to be? And it becomes an area of trust for them as far as them praying for the husband, but then trusting that the Lord's going to give the husband what he needs to lead that family. What is the wife's role? I mean, how does she best help the husband to take his leadership responsibility? Prayer, Mm. always starting with prayer, praying for her husband, trusting that, especially if the husband is seeking the Lord, trusting that the Lord is going to really lead and direct him. Now, let's say she's doing that and he comes back and he shares what he feels God is wanting them to do, but she might feel in her heart, well, I don't really believe this is God's will. Hmm. Well, she has to learn how to just let him go with it and just continue to pray. And if it wasn't the Lord's will, trust that the Lord's going to use it for both of them to show them something about themselves or maybe something about their relationship with the Lord. Jeff, I know that you and Rose have dealt with this issue in your in your own marriage situation. Can you tell us a little bit about how you worked through this? Sure, Mike. I remember when I began to take my role in the in the house that I couldn't just jump on the wagon and rip the reins out of her hand and say, "Okay, I'm in charge now." I had to be sensitive to what I had created in my wife through my sin and through the years of lying and deception, and I had to do it gently and with understanding. We need to love her as Christ loves us, and and Jesus understands what we can handle, and he takes us along in a pace that we can handle. He doesn't just throw everything on us all at once, and we need to just keep that in mind when we are taking that role once again in our home. And as the wife starts seeing your life and you seeking the Lord and you wanting to do the right thing, she's going to want to submit to you. It's not going to be something that's forced on her. How do you deal with the mindset in many women, I think, that if she's submissive to her husband, she's nothing but a doormat. Well, I would just say to her that being submissive doesn't make you a doormat or doesn't make you less important or insignificant Mm. in the marriage. Really, to the contrary, uh, a submissive wife is a value and an asset to her husband. I mean, I value my wife's opinions, and I allow her to fulfill her role as my helpmate. God Mm. created her to be my helpmate, and so I don't see her less significant than I am because God doesn't see us in that way. How important is this in the scope of things to be dealt with? Well, Mike, God is very clear about this issue in Scripture. So if a husband isn't obeying the words of God and taking that proper role and a wife isn't 
obeying and taking her proper role, they're in rebellion towards God, and that's very serious. So not only is there going to be a problem in the marriage, but there's going to be a problem for both and, and individually in their personal relationship with God. Absolutely, and, and God's not going to be able to bring about what he needs to bring about in the marriage if they're not fulfilling their roles the way that God designed it. Mm-hmm. Jeff and Rose, thanks so much for coming in again today and for talking to us about the importance of our roles in a godly marriage. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. To finish our episode, we're going to share the remainder of my interview with Kathy Gallagher. She continues to share the lessons she learned as God was in the process of restoring her marriage to her husband. It reminds me of Isaiah 49:13. See, I am doing a new thing. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Yes, even in the midst of our barren and broken lives, the Lord can revive and restore. So, I know in my own life, there are seasons and times where God clearly reveals sin to me. (laughs) And suddenly it's like the lights come on and I realize I can look back and I see this is this sin and this sin and this sin and this sin. You Mm -hmm. know, he's just showing me this area of my life that needs to change. And as I repent, he always helps me to understand how to change. Mm So if there's a wife who's seeing today, I, you know what, I've been wrong. I've been self-righteous and that has blinded me to the power of forgiveness and it's kept me from fighting for my husband. What would be the first step for her to actually begin to fight for her husband? Well, she she has to get right with God because the the sin is against him. Um, he has given us everything, everything we need for life and godliness. He yeah. has. It's there. It's available. Yeah. So we have to get right in our heart towards the Lord because even though it's our husbands we're angry at, <clears throat> we are not walking out what has been provided for us. Mm-hmm. So I, if it were me, again, starting over, I would be on my face. Lord, forgive me. Hmm. Forgive me. I am wrong. I am just so wrong. And I am so focused on what he has done to me that I have lost sight of you. I have just really lost sight of you. I've lost sight of my relationship with you. I'm calling myself Christian. I'm doing all the outward stuff, but I am not letting you have your way in me. I surrender. I, the white flag is up. I'm, I quit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to quit fighting you and let you work into me the grace, yeah. the power to love the unlovable. Hmm. And are there any practical things you could say that she should begin to do in the marriage relationship? Surrendering to the pain, not in the sense of letting him abuse you or I'm not talking about letting him get away with stuff. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about her relationship to the Lord. That is where everything begins. So that has to get right. I already talked about that. She has to get right with God. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, then out of that will flow a willingness to forgive and to not hold 
his sins against him, to not keep bringing up the past, to not want to keep having conversations about would you do, who'd you do it with, what'd she look like, that kind of stuff. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's just going to make you insane and it's going to make him insane. But also just get on his team. Even if he's still failing, get on his team. Now, the, How? How does she do that? Get on hmm, his team. I'll just talk about what I did. Okay. Because uh, everybody's situation is different. I, I think the thing, the surrender that I had was I want him to make it and I want my marriage. Hmm. Because I was at a point where I did not want my marriage. I did not want him. I wanted him to go away. Yeah. But I had to surrender that, that resistance and that <clears throat> I didn't want to go through it. I just didn't. And I had to surrender my life. I think the advantage I had, and I don't, you know, I think you need to be really listening for the Lord in this, but the advantage I had was I knew God was calling me. I knew <laughs> he was calling me to go back to this marriage, mm -hmm. to get into it and go, go all the way. Mm -hmm. That helped me. I don't know that every woman has that experience. So if your husband is repenting, if he is trying, I believe you are called to work with him, to do your best, to love him, support him, give yourself to him. It's so hard for some women, but I'm, I'm just appealing to them to really give, give themselves and let God work that miracle in them, in their minds, in their hearts, and in their bodies. When the, when the wife has gotten her heart right with the Lord, when she has done business with God and she has repented of her attitudes, then her prayer life will pick up some steam. She will, the Holy Spirit will lead her and show her how to pray, how to pray effectively and not from a place of um, self-focusedness. Yeah. Right. Fix him so I can be happy. Right. Um, it will be, she will learn how to pray. And the other thing is that it goes a long, long way please hear me, is being in the Word of God. I know that a lot of Christians open up their Bible, read a chapter, and that's it for the day. But I'm telling you, it is a living Word, and God has things to say. And the thing that helped me so much when I was a young woman going through this is I got into the Bible every day, and I was studying. I was looking, searching, trying to find God I started off looking for a verse right. or a chapter that would tell me answers, fix this right. mess. Right. But it became food to my soul. Mm. And God was changing my mind, literally mm. changing my thought processes, mm. letting me see how he saw things. And I needed that because I was on, we all are on our own in a sense. We're just going through motions. We're going through whatever life is thrown at us and with no real structure or stability, the Word of God gave me that. It gave me strength inside that I didn't have naturally. It gave me direction. It gave me hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, He just changed my mind, literally changed my mind through the Word of God. And then my prayer life exploded. Right. And yeah, life changed. Yeah. 
So the repentance had to come first, but then I came alive again and God just, yeah, changed me. I needed to be changed. Throughout the Bible, God clearly tells us just how destructive and evil sexual sin is. It brings death to everyone involved. The person who is sinning dies a slow spiritual death. The wives and children often experience a deep emotional dying. But the shockwaves of the sin move further and further out, bringing pain and destruction to many others. Friendships are damaged churches are impacted. Kathy is just one of many wives whose selfless love for an unfaithful husband has put Jesus' love for us on full display. All of us are sinners. We all betrayed God and were unfaithful to him. We all spat in his face. And yet, he selflessly pursued us. He left unimaginable glory in heaven and came to earth because he wanted us to be saved from our sins. His love, his unfathomable love, came out in those amazing words, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, for those of us who have repented and put our faith in him, our debts have been canceled. The worst of us have been promised that we too will one day be in paradise with Jesus. He truly is the God of hope and all things are possible with him. In the words of Paul the Apostle, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thanks for joining us this week on Purity for Life. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.